Does gold planning feel like a mystery to you? I've got you. With my top five secrets to gold planning. This is what I use when I'm working on a goal. Right now, I'm using this system to build new habits and change my condition tendencies. It's worked for me and many others. I know it will get you feeling inspired to start taking baby steps towards the goals that you are working on. Here are what people who have signed up for the goal planning challenge are saying. Encouragement to challenge myself and go after my dream. I've changed my mindset and expectations that I have to go back to my old job for a few more months until I can start my new job. I'm finding ways to be excited about that, which is a huge victory compared to the way I was feeling just thinking about this for the last two months. Get my five secrets to goal planning at thebackroadscoaching.com. It's a freebie that I'll give you that will get you crushing your goals in no time. Welcome to the Backroads Podcast, a podcast for adventures off the beaten path. In this show, I want to empower women to reach their full potential and find strength within themselves, inspiring women to let their true selves shine, feel confident, and embrace the present moment. Through personal travel stories, we will share our growth and passion. Please tune in weekly for up-to-date confessions of like-minded travelers. As your host, I, Josie Arella Sweetman, will help guide you to gain clarity on your path to find what sets your soul on fire. If this podcast resonates and inspires you, hit the subscribe button and share it with a friend. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to the Backroads Podcast. Today, we have Sarah Setterwit on our podcast. She is a productivity and empowerment coach that teaches ambitious women how to get more done with less stress through embracing their natural energy cycles to believe that they are worthy of their dreams, which is such a beautiful, beautiful thing that you do to help people. Please introduce yourself, Sarah. Tell us about Hi, you. Josie. Thank you for having me on the Backroads podcast. Uh, as you said, I'm Sarah. I am a productivity coach and empowerment coach. And I have been interested in self-development for a really long time. I've been reading particularly around sort of personal efficiency for years. And what I came to realize is that a lot of the kind of writers and thought leaders in that particular area of personal development are men. But actually, as women, we operate on a monthly energy cycle. And so the way that we implement the kind of tools and tactics that they're talking about is a little bit different. So I come at productivity from that angle and how our individual energy works and fluctuates and when we feel most drawn to certain tasks and helping us as women to kind of tap into that intuitive knowledge. Um, But what I realised as I was exploring this is that a lot of the time the real challenge is not the productivity so much as 
women feeling empowered and in charge and being able to take ownership of how much they're getting done and be okay that that is enough, that there is always this kind of lack of I've got to do more, I've got to do more, I've got to do more. They could never just kind of stand in their power and be like, I've done the perfect amount. This is all amazing. I am doing a wonderful job. They were always focusing on what they weren't getting done or where they were falling short rather than celebrating what they were doing amazingly. Yeah, And they weren't really able to embrace kind of their superpowers and I'd see all of these incredible women who are doing amazing things and bringing so much to the world, but they wouldn't be owning that. And I was getting really frustrated and kind of, I guess, and I think we'll talk about this during the conversation, is how I went on my own journey to step into my own power and become empowered and be able to sort of stand in my own ground and say this is what I'm doing and what I've done is exceptional and is great work and yes there is more to do but I can be proud of myself and I can feel enough from what I am doing rather than always feeling like I'm not doing enough so that's kind of how I arrived at being a productivity and empowerment coach and how the two sort of played together Yes, that is such a beautiful story. I can 100% relate to always feeling like there's more to be done, <laughs> even if they're, even though I'm doing the work and I'm seeing progress, but it seems like we tend to focus on what, what more do we need to do? What more do we need to do? So the fact that you are helping and inspiring women to feel empowered and feel enough in the journey of getting to where they want to be is just beautiful and amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. It really lights me up seeing the transformation and the journey that the woman I work with go on. Absolutely. And you were saying a little bit about your journey and how you got here. I would love to dig deeper and hear more on that. Sure. So as with any journey, it's certainly not linear. Um, And I think a real pivotal experience for me was four years ago nearly four years ago I embarked on a solo travel adventure and went to Costa Rica Mexico and Cuba by myself so for those of you listening wondering my accent I'm from New Zealand so going to Central America is going a long way from home I spoke a little bit of high school Spanish. Um, I was going by myself and I was pretty scared, <laughs> to be frank. Yes, and actually, <laughs> at the end of my trip, I was planning on moving to London rather than coming home. So I'd sold all of my possessions. I had packed things up at my parents' house and reduced my my life to my backpack that I was travelling with and then going to move to London with. So all in all, kind of a big leap of faith, not only going on this travel, but 
that I was moving countries and I didn't have a job. I didn't have somewhere to live. I didn't really have friends where I was going. I was just sort of trusting that it would all work out. So really moving into the unknown. So when inspiring. When I was in Costa Rica and when I first arrived, I was terrified. I spent the first three or four days on the verge of panic. And a friend said to me, the universe won't give you more than you can handle. And those words really stuck with me that I can figure this out. I can make it work. It'll be okay. I don't, as much as this is really big and unknown, it'll be fine. And one of the first things I had to do was figure out how to get a bus from where I was in North Costa Rica down to San Jose. And I figured that out. I managed to buy a ticket with my really limited Spanish. I got bus. I managed to get to San Jose. I managed to get from the bus terminal to my hotel. It, and as I did that, I started to build this up belief. I can do this. I can figure this out. I can, you know, just take it one step at a time and get to the next thing and do the next thing on my itinerary. And from there, my confidence increased. And I ended up doing amazing things. I went to a sea turtle conservation project that was in the middle of nowhere on the Caribbean coast. It was boat access only. There was no cell phone reception. It was just kind of me for 10 days out on this project with the other volunteers and the people running the project and seeing sea turtles and watching them hatch and the little baby ones run into the ocean and just one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Wow, it sounds amazing. And for me, that travel was so pivotal in my kind of empowerment journey because by the time I got to London, I had this this self-belief. Like I'd just spent seven weeks traveling by myself. I'd figured everything out. I'd been sick and I'd managed to deal with that. I'd, you know, made all of my flights. I'd got around with the language barrier and I'd had the most incredible experiences of my life that I'm going to remember forever. And so I arrived in London with this belief, like, I can do this. If I can do all of that and go through all of that and do it all by myself, I can do anything. And I think it's just growing from there that when life throws me some curveballs and things get tough I kind of go back and go well I managed to do seven weeks solo travel in Central America by myself if I can do that I can figure out whatever is right in front of me. Amazing so it sounds like mindset honestly played the biggest part in all of it it's just getting yourself to see that mindset of I can do this. It's going to be okay. Uh, speak, so speak to that a little bit about the mindset yeah, piece. Absolutely. I think 
the thoughts that we're thinking in our head and the internal conversation that we're having with ourselves can either be our biggest support and our biggest source of power or it can be like our biggest drain and I do think about this and talk about this uh, all the time that it's really important to be so conscious of those thoughts and be directing them in a way that's supportive and developing an internal dialogue that is like your biggest cheerleader and that's really on board with supporting you on what you're trying to do. So having those, like, as I said, a friend said to me, the universe wouldn't give me more than I could handle. Having those words to hold on to through those seven weeks was so critical Um, and even now four years later I have moments like I go running and if it's tough and I'm, I'm thinking in my head you can do this you've done this before this is fine you're doing really well you're so strong and it's just kind of this like internal cheerleading to talk myself on and I actually find it really important to almost practice it in those smaller things like going for a run where it doesn't really like if I stopped it it, there's no real consequence to that so that when you have the big moments you can you've sort of built that muscle absolutely when I was living in London and it was taking three months to find a job and I was having trouble finding somewhere permanent to live. And I moved like six times in a month. <laughs> wow. And you're kind of going, oh, my gosh, when is this going to end? When am I going to figure it out? Those thoughts weren't helpful. It, what was helpful was going, is returning to that. I can do this. I can find a way. There are loads of places to live in London. There will be one for me. There are loads of jobs in London. There will be one for me. I just need to find one of each. It's just a matter of time. Just got to keep putting myself out there and it will all come together as it's meant to. Um, And just really consciously focusing on those sorts of thoughts and that mindset rather than focusing on the fear and letting that overwhelm me because I just believe if we go down that track, we end up missing out on so much because the fear wins and we become too scared to do things. So we don't travel, we don't move overseas, we don't take a leap and go for a new job when we hate our current one, we just stay stuck where we are. What you put your energy towards is what's going to amplify that's what's going to get bigger so if you're putting your energy on that like you were saying I can't find a place to live I've already tried six different places that's not serving you so I love that you spoke to that because I think that plays a huge 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 part of being your own cheerleader and cheering yourself on have you always had this sort of like growth mindset or is this something that you've had to learn over time I think I've always been really curious and so I've always been exploring I guess and I love to learn and I'm always reading and listening to podcasts and soaking up information and being really interested in other points of view 
and like my first job out of university, I was a business consultant and I loved going into new businesses and understanding how they worked. I've always just kind of soaked up everything that's around me. And so I thought I had a growth mindset for a long time because of that kind of curiosity and that uh, instinct to learn. But I actually only feel like in the last couple of years that I've really been able to take on what I'm learning and properly implement it and start to see the changes and really experience the growth. So does that make sense that like yeah. the information was always coming in, but kind of that translating it into meaningful change and having an impact mm-hmm. in my own life. Taking action, been, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you've taken the things that you've learned and you've put them into practice and you're seeing movement, like you were saying, implementation. I think that's a big yeah. part of having a growth mindset is you can think positive, you can be you can think forward or you can be always learning, but until you start putting that into action and implementing what you're learning and doing it, even if you're scared, <laughs> I think that's where that growth mindset starts to come in is doing it For scared. Sure. <laughs> For sure. And I think where we can kind of run into problems or challenges is that we consume all of this information and we read all the books and we listen to the podcasts and we sign up for the freebies and we do the courses and we're consuming 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 but we're always moving on to the next thing before we've had time to really integrate the first thing so we're taking in all of this information and there's more and more coming at us all the time and we're not allowing ourselves any space to really play with what we've learned and see how that applies to our own lives before we go and learn something else. And we get into the space where we feel really, really overwhelmed because we've learned all of these amazing productivity, self-development, confidence-boosting tips and tactics and strategies. But we're not implementing them. So they're all sitting in our head and we're going, but I need to be doing this and I need to be doing that and I need to meditate and I need to write a gratitude list and I need to exercise and I need to plan my day the night before and I need, and that doesn't feel good. That feels harassed. It does. It feels like a hamster on a wheel just going exactly. and going and going and going and going. <laughs> yeah, and... So actually, one of the best things I think I've done for my own growth journey is that I stopped reading self-development back to back to back. And I I read a lot wider now and I read novels and I read things for pure pleasure or I read biographies, which might kind of spark some inspiration, but it's not written in a way of taking action. And It's given me that space to actually play with the things that I learn. And I say that deliberately as well, that I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect. And actually, 
play with it, have fun with it, enjoy it. You're already doing amazing. You don't need to put all of this pressure on yourself to get it perfect. And actually, the person that read that wrote that book is not you. The case studies in that self-development book are not you. Everything that's written in there is not what you need right now. You need to just cherry pick out the bits that are most relevant and most resonate and play with those and don't feel this pressure to kind of implement the whole thing all at once because the starting point of where you're at is not the starting point of where everybody else is at. So you need to put your own filter and your own lens on it and interpret it in terms of what's needed in your life right now and trust that if you need any of the other things, the other concepts, the other ideas, you'll come back to that when the time is right. Love what you are saying. It is so true that we do go from one personal development to the next personal development. And by then we're getting overwhelmed because we feel like we have to do everything that it says and we have to follow it to a T. And so you saying that you can take the bits that work for you and come back later. And I also love what you said about not reading so many personal development books back to back and taking a little bit of pleasure in what you read. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. A big part of the empowerment piece is trusting yourself and trusting your own intuition. And I think where we can come unstuck with sort of self-development and wanting to implement everything is because we don't trust ourselves to know the right things and know what to take and what to leave. So we feel we better make sure we just do everything. Yep. And so it's allowing that process to unfold and go, okay, initially this is going to feel a bit scary and I'm not going to be quite sure where to start. And uh, But I'm just going to give myself permission that I don't need to do everything and I'm just going to see what I'm drawn to. I'm just going to allow it and trust and have that mindset of it's all working out in my favor. I'm going to get from this exactly what I need right now in this moment. Wonderful. I think a lot of women, as a woman myself, we need to give ourselves that permission. We need to say, you know what, it's okay if I don't succeed the first time. It's okay for me to get it wrong. It's okay for me to have to try again and again. It's okay. It's all part of the process is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's a learning process, right? That is not a linear thing. I think maybe at school it sort of feels that way because it's always building on itself. You're always learning the next level of something. But with our, our growth and our self-development, it's not a straightforward process. It's very much a trial and error and feedback and learning and reflection and going that worked and that didn't work and that felt good and that didn't feel good. We're going to do more of what felt good. We're going to do less of what didn't feel good. And being in this constant iteration, I don't think there is a getting it perfect. There's not a place we arrive to. It's just this continual exploration that we're on. And so the more we can kind of let go of the perfect and the arrival and we're going to get to this magical place, 
and let go of that ideal and just go, I'm going to have fun with this and I'm going to play with it and I'm going to evolve and make it light and fun and just go, I'm going to try this and see how that goes and not being really attached to an outcome, but just this this process of discovery and reflection and taking what works and leaving the rest and understanding that not everything we try will work for us and that is completely fine we just because I know there's lots that goes around about getting up really early and you've got to be in the 5am club and all successful people get out of bed really really early that is not the case there is no singular blanket activity that all successful people do aside from take action is yes inspirational and amazing what has made you be so resilient and such a a fighter sounds like you just go after what you want and make it happen a few things probably that contribute to it the earliest one is I went to boarding school at 13 and so I did my high school, I was kind of standing on my own two feet. Yes, there was support around us, but you're living with a hundred other girls, women um, of ages 13 through to 18. Parents aren't around. I was really fortunate that I had my sister, but for the large part, it was up to me to figure it out and kind of get through the day-to-day. And from that, I learned a lot of independence and being able to stand on my own two feet. And I, it wasn't always a pleasant experience. I didn't always enjoy being at boarding school, but I got a much better education going to that school than going to the local school and being able to live with my parents. So I just, even though it was tough at times, I knew that I was better off where I was and I was determined to stick it out. And so I think I just come back to that. And every time I've had challenges, I I feel like I get better and better at dealing with life's curveballs, curveballs every time. But I now very much focus on what are the facts, what is true in this situation, and what are the stories that my brain is telling me to try and fill in the gaps. Because the stories are always emotional. They're almost always negative because we have that negativity bias. So I'm always trying to kind of cut through all of that mental noise and come back to the solid ground of what do I know to be true. And I find Getting back to facts, which are inherently neutral, helps a lot with the resilient piece because you're not caught up in your head in all the negative stories. I'm just sort of focusing on what is true, what do I know, where do I go from here, what is the next step forward. I'm not making kind of knee-jerk emotional decisions that I end up regretting later where I stay kind of stuck in places that aren't working for me. Uh, I have that clarity of thought of trying to peel back the emotion and come back to neutral facts and making decisions based on that. 
And I kind of love that you've asked me about this, actually, because I'm I'm really thinking about resilience at the moment and pulling together a new article for my audience on this because um, I think it's so important and we're always going to have things that happen in life that don't go our way and don't pan out how we thought they would, but it's about that knowing that we have what it takes to move forward and cultivating a core belief that everything is working out in my favour. Like I truly believe even when things are really, really tough, sometimes it's just that things that aren't working in my life are falling away to make room for things that will work. And as much as that's really painful, I've just got to keep that kind of light of optimism within me that if this is not working, if this breakup is happening, it's because I'm meant for a better relationship. If this job is not working out, it's because I'm meant for something different. And I've ended up with my own coaching business, which is amazing. And so it's It's having that belief all the time that life is happening for me. It's all working out in my favor. So yes, this is painful and it hurts and I'm grieving, but it will get better. And that always is that kind of light at the end of the tunnel that I'll come out the other side of this. Yes, I love that. I love that. The light at the end of the tunnel piece and going through the hard stuff to get to the good stuff is is gold. It's true. A lot of us go through horrible, horrible things. I mean, right now we're living in a challenging time Mm -hmm. and every day is different. But I think having that knowing that everything is going to work out, having that knowing that we're on this journey and it's a journey, (laughs) it's going to have its up, it's going to have its down. It's just a beautiful thing to remember. For sure. For sure. Um, Sometimes it's not clear when you're in the middle of it. So it's just having that patience that it will reveal itself in time that we will see with hindsight how it was all working for us and just take it one day at a time there's no need to rush there's no like when you're in the middle of something difficult like we are right now it's don't stress about looking having the five-year pan and looking really far ahead just kind of what how can I make today the best day that I can how can I what is the opportunity in today what is the opportunity in this week what is the opportunity in this moment how can I make that good how can I make the most of that and not stressing too much about next month next year next decade because there's too much unknown at play to really know what's going on at that time so you're just going to freak yourself out Absolutely. You got to focus on the things that we can control. Honestly, that's where the power lies. (laughs) Absolutely. I am going to shift a little bit and get back into our travel talk. Mm -hmm. I would love to ask you what surprised you most about your travels? Actually, something that I really loved about my travel is I, in a way, we're all really similar. No matter where we come from, what our background is, whether we like what culture we're from, where we grew up, grew up with money, without money, there's it's actually really easy to connect with people. There's something about being human 
that makes us all relatable. We're all after the same things in life, the same purpose, the same meaning, the same connection with other people. And I found that really beautiful and kind of released a lot of judgment because I sort of was like, well, underneath it all, we're all the same. We all crave the same things. Yes. Regardless of where we come from and what our lives look like. And I, growing up in New Zealand is very sheltered in a lot of respects. I mean, geographically, we're kind of off the bottom of the world off by ourselves um there is a diversity culturally but it's not like when I lived in London where it was really really diverse and really in your face London is a complete melting pot and everyone is kind of all mixed in together um so when I went overseas it I it was a bit confronting at times because I wasn't used to seeing such an array of people or being in the situations that I was finding myself in and it was never I was never uncomfortable from feeling unsafe necessarily but it was just different and I think when we have like a an instinctive reaction when things are different that kind of puts us on our guard until we kind of figure out is this different safe or not um and then I so what I really have loved about traveling is that I've got to experience so many new situations that I felt like I have let my guard down in a way and I'm much more open to experiences and different people and being in different environments because I don't have this initial like moment in my body where I'm kind of checking in what's going on here I'm just I'm much more used to being in the unfamiliar and so I can embrace it a lot more absolutely so travel to you you're saying is definitely a way to grow Yes. Is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, definitely a way to grow. Then the people are generally really nice and helpful. And mm-hmm. being put in a place of the unknown helps you to live your day-to-day life knowing that we're going to get through this, <laughs> is what I was hearing from you. Yeah, I I think travel is one of the best ways to learn about yourself and learn life skills and learn the self-belief um but it's just really interesting kind of observing yourself and how you react in certain situations and um in different environments and going having that reflection of like is this actually who I want to be and how I want to react am I okay with that or do I want to channel myself into a different direction and put my energy into something different are you naturally really open or are you more closed off? Are you the person that goes into the hostel and you're making friends straight away and you're inviting people along and you're really inclusive or do you stand back more? I think being outside of our normal day-to-day life kind of shakes us awake and allows us to see ourselves in a new way that can be quite difficult 
when we're kind of in our normal routines. When you don't have all of the kind of structures and crutches of how you normally operate, how do you react? How do you deal in that situation? Absolutely. Travel does give you that awareness. I know it did that for me as well, where it showed you the sides of you that maybe weren't the best because you're in your not in your comfort zone. And sometimes I think when we're not in our comfort zone, those are when those those things that we try to bury come out, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think and that's part of a growth journey is that there are going to be things that come out that you're maybe not fond of. And it's dealing with those in a way that's non-judgmental. Absolutely. We all have kind of bents in our character in places, and that's fine. And actually having an awareness of them is so empowering because then that's how you can do something about it. If you don't know it's there, it's just going to stay there. But if you observe yourself reacting in a way that you're not, into you can go okay I'm I don't like that I don't want to be that person how do I want to act in that situation in the in the future and you can make a conscious decision about your behavior and who you want to be but without the awareness that gets kind of shaken up by being in these unfamiliar situations that we have when we travel we just don't know exactly So when you are traveling or in your day-to-day life now, do you have any sort of mindfulness practice? I know you talk a lot about questioning your beliefs and questioning your mind and getting to the bottom of what is true for you. Uh, But do you have any practices that kind of help you with that? I am a big fan of gratitude. So I write a gratitude list probably four or five days a week. That's beautiful. Um, And just for, I really find consciously cultivating that focus on the positive and what's working and what I'm thankful for has a big impact on how I think the rest of the day and how kind of where my brain is at. And it's, it's attuning it to always be looking for those positive moments. So I'm a big fan of gratitude. I've done it on and off for years. And definitely when I'm doing it, I feel like life goes a lot better. So I've recently sort of recommitted to that practice. Um, yeah, that's a great one. And as I said, I only do it maybe four or five days a week. I'm not, if it doesn't happen every day, I'm not stressing about it. Four or five days a week is enough to keep, to get the benefit. Um, so I'm not caught up and trying to make it quote unquote perfect by doing it daily. Um, Absolutely. Another thing that I'm really leaning into and enjoying at the moment is I'm quite a morning person and used to, particularly when I was in my corporate career, I would be getting into the office early and getting really stuck into work and very much the morning is my time to get my best work done and then in the afternoon it's emails and admin and that kind of thing. But recently I've been really enjoying 
taking my morning a lot slower and I'll make my morning cup of coffee and I'll go and sit outside in the sunshine and I'll take my journal and sometimes I write and sometimes I just sit and think and I just kind of see what comes up and it's almost just hanging out with myself Um, and I find that a really nice way to just see where I'm at, what's going on, how am I feeling Um, and that generates a lot of awareness and it kind of flows from there. So when the morning is your time or whatever, I think cultivating some time that you just spend with yourself so that you're deepening that relationship with yourself is really, really important. Yes, absolutely. I definitely for myself, I know I find the moments or the mornings where I do give myself that time to do my intentions in the morning and set an intention and be with myself and take it slowly. Those are the mornings where my day goes by much smoother than the mornings Mm -hmm. where I'm running out of bed and running out the door and I haven't even taken a breath, you know? So Mm -hmm. I love that you shared that with us. Yeah. So where can our viewers connect with you further? So I, best place to find me is either on my website or on my Instagram. So my website is anindependentmaven.com or my Instagram is anindependentmaven, but because of the character limit, it's spelt funny. So it's A-N-I-N-D-P-T. M-A-V-E-N. Uh, so I'm on Instagram every day. I'm writing a new blog post or article on my website every week um, around empowerment or productivity. Um, and I have a Facebook group called The Independent Mavenhood. Uh, and there's a link to that on my website and on my Instagram. And so I go live and I chat about whatever I'm thinking about sort of three or four times a week. So it's a fun place to hang out. It sounds like a beautiful place to hang out. And I love the name, the Independent Maven, and all your information will definitely be in the show notes as well. Is there any last tidbits or favorite quotes or anything you would like to share with our listeners before you go? My Something I'm really leaning into at the moment is, that we are perfect as we are, that we are worthy as we are, we are worthy just because we exist. Um, I love all of the growth and the personal development, but I think it's very easy to get wrapped up that we need to be something other than who we are. And to me, personal development is a refinement and a coming back to ourselves and becoming more of who we are rather than all of the layers that society and perceptions and things have put on. It's that it's almost a, a remembering process. And so I just remind everybody that you are worthy and you're perfect and there's nothing that you need to do. Just follow what feels good and it will all work out just perfectly and how it's meant to for you. That is beautiful. I love your spirit. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thank you for being you. and Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Josie. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for listening to the Back Rose podcast with Josie Aurelis Wheatman. 
If you like our show, leave us a review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. Join us next week where we will talk about more adventures and passion, growth, and resilience. Thank you for tuning in.